Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Voyager series regular, Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil, and your favorite forever ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. Robbie McNeil. Whoa, hey, hello man. there, buddy. How are you? Good. You look a little something's different about your face oh, right really? now. What's going oh, really? on? Well, interesting you should say that. <laughs> I uh, I'm very sort of short quaffed on my beard right now. You look younger, I'm gonna say. With really? a shorter beard, yes. Oh, interesting. Yes. I just uh yeah, I just de- I decided back in like December that I would grow a winter beard. Yeah. And I had a beard that was like Grizzly Adams. I don't know what. It was a crazy long beard, but it was driving me crazy. Okay. It was just driving me nuts. And so it was itchy. Like what 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 is it? it What is it about the beard that drives me? It was itchy. It was just, I felt like I always looked disheveled. I felt like I just constantly looked, but look, I'll show you. I'm gonna show for those that that uh, our patrons that have the video version of this podcast. Yes. I'm gonna show you that was last week. (laughs) <laughs> that was last last weekend that's that was the beard i mean yeah come on Slight, that's a lot of beard it's slightly homeless looking but but right? it's still it's still impressive though anytime anyone can grow a full beard like that it's very yeah masculine. i don't know i don't know yeah. it was uh it was fun but it was just i was getting so annoyed and and by the way you know yeah. we film on resident alien uh you know 12 hours a day 14 hours a day sometimes and i've got a mask on my face constantly yeah a mask in that beard Mm -mm. so the beard would like push the mask and squish it up on my nose and i don't know i was just like this is too much happening on my face so what day did you cut this off how long ago did it uh about 20 minutes ago (laughs) so you're gonna be doing this and and grabbing nothing is what's what's gonna happen yeah it is weird you'll reach for your chin where you think the length is and it's gonna be gone it's a little strange you know and there's yeah. still like beard shaving that's what coming. that's yeah. what that is i kept looking oh did you at see it some, yes i was like he has a lot of lint on his uh, no i, I literally i can't i took the <laughs> shower and i keep it just keeps falling out because there well, was a I, lot of beard a lot of hair on my face okay and you know what's funny is the fans because i'll do cameos or these yeah. you know videos that people you know not often but now and then i'll get a request for that and i'll send it out and i know people are like Oh my God, what is like, that's a lot of beard on your face. And I've seen fans, you know, commenting about the, you know, Tom Paris didn't have a beard. I don't know. So, oh my goodness. So here I am. There you are. You're closer to Paris now than you ever yes, were. A little bit, last... a little bit closer back to Paris. I've yeah. My, my yes, ma'am t-shirt on. I've got my uh, roots and wings distillery. This is from British oh, Columbia, nice. a wonderful, um, kind of a boutique distillery out on a farm in near Fort Langley, British Columbia. Rebecca and I went out there a couple of weeks ago. It was such a great, you know, great, like organic food. Yeah. uh, Locally distilled um, liquors and spirits, vodkas, gins, bourbons, uh, Canadian whiskey, things like that. In in Vancouver? Yeah. About an hour from Vancouver, Mm. an hour East out in the farm country. It was, it's a great place. So I got a hat. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm a little tanner. I don't know if you can tell. I've been on a cruise ship. Yeah, so, uh, I know. Yeah, the Star Trek cruise. Uh, it was quite amazing, super fun. Uh, from Voyager 
Timothy Russ and Robert Picardo were there. So Bobby and Tim were both oh. there for Voyager. No, no, Ethan. Ethan didn't make it this year. So yeah. Uh, and hopefully you will be able to make it at some point. It'd be nice I, to see. I it. was supposed to come last year. Yeah. I was supposed to come this year, but yeah. I've committed to next year. I'm really going to try to schedule my life around it. It's it's always you know, directing stuff gets in the way. So. I hear you, but that would be nice. They've been asking for you. They would love to see you. Just so you I've know. never done the Star Trek cruise. Uh, I think I'm the only think, one that's never done one. I think you and Rebecca would have a really fun time. I know we would because you haven't even done them when they were done by other companies. No, not even I've never done a Star Trek cruise. I'm dying to do it. Yes, it'll be super good. All right. So this week's episode is timeless. And this is the hundredth episode of Voyager. So we are at that point. This is a signature episode of Voyager. And I have seen this so many times, backwards and forwards, and you probably have not watched it since, I don't even know if you watched it when it was on primetime back in the day. I don't know. It, I'm, ex I'm excited to see it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's go watch this and we will be right back with our discussion and our recap of Timeless. We're back from watching the 100th episode. <laughs> Yes, we are. Wow. <laughs> Woo. Wow. That's that, a big that thing one. moves. It's a big one. And it and it's the pacing is good. I like the yeah. pacing on that. Yeah, the pacing was really good. Yeah. The scope of it, like yeah. uh, visual scope with all the ice stuff, the crash yes. on the planet was oh, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. The acting all around. I think, a lot of I good elements. Every, everybody yeah. did really well. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Poetry. Let's start. Let's start with some poetry. How about a haiku? Just start with a nice, clean... Yeah, just a clean haiku. haiku. Clean haiku. Okay. Uh, here we go. My haiku for timeless. Slipstream flight is planned. Ship crashes and all perish. Harry saves the day. <laughs> I got nothing else. That's, That's it. good. It's <laughs> good. It's nice and I, for an epic episode. It's yeah. a nice... As Queen simple as can be. Haiku. Mm -hmm. Now let me hear your creative. Here we go with our limerick, limerick for Timeless. Okay. Harry and Chakotay survived the slipstream. Voyager's crash was really extreme. Harry plans to change the past, but he has to work fast. The future saved the day, it would seem. <laughs> Nice. All right. What do you think? Yeah, very good. Very good. I, I've never been. I've never been disappointed with any of your and Rebecca's limericks. They're so good <laughs> that I'm always happy and excited to hear them. So that's another another one that you did quite well. So I'm thank happy you. To hear that. Thank, thank you, you very thank much. You. Yeah. Did you do any research on the one guest star that we have? Let me get there. So uh, let's talk about the episode. Timeless. Teleplay yeah. by Brandon Braga and yep. Joe Minoski. Mm -hmm. Story by Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, and Joe Minoski. Mm -hmm. Directed by LeVar Burton. We talked about LeVar a little yeah, bit. We did. Um, we, you know, all the fans know and love LeVar. Yeah. Christine Harnos is really our only guest star. She plays Tessa Omond. Yes. Omond, I think. Yeah. Omond, um, Omond, yes. And, and actually, Christine, Christine Harnos and LeVar Burton was in the episode. Yes, that's so, right. Sorry, LeVar acted as well in this one. Yeah, we had two mm -hmm. guest stars, but again, we'll talk about LeVar in the episode when we get there, but Christine sure. Harnos, um, 
she was born in Toronto. So she's, she's Canadian. Canadian. Yeah. Yes. And of course, I, I love to just keep it simple with our, our guest stars and talk about their first job. This one shocked me. What? Okay, so Christine Harnos what? was, she'd been a model, I guess, as a young person. Yes. But her very first acting job was in 1988. She did a movie called Forbidden Son. What? And guess who was in the cast? Besides Lauren Hutton, yeah. uh, some of the stars, Robert Beltron was in no. her first movie. What? Yes. What? No. Yes. Uh-huh. You just blew my mind. That Isn't is that crazy? crazy? Yes. What? That's, I know. Oh, my God. Usually it's some obscure little weird job. And I went to her first yeah. job. Forbidden Son, 1988. Robert uh, Beltran was in the movie with her. I have to so, make a note. I need to watch this. Forbidden things are, Son. you know, we are all connected. We are. Life is in connected. In this universe, so everyone is ways. connected. Yes, we are. I agree. We are. That's amazing. Well, okay. Let's dive right in. Dive let's right dive. into... Uh, Timeless, a recap, memories and review. Yeah. <laughs> Commentary. How about this? I think you I think you can do all the, you know, you can do the descriptions of what's happening, and then I'll just tell you what happened during that scene. And right. that's, yeah, yeah let's, pretty let's much. Go. Okay. Well, all right. Our opening shot, I gotta say, um, I just want to comment on this. The yes. opening shot is panning across this this uh Arctic landscape, and I right. immediately remembered dan curry's work on those kinds of shots mm -hmm. just like the one behind you the the yes. photo you've got up behind you everybody's got to remember this was long before modern technology of photoshop and cgi right. programs that can kind of blend and melt things this was very handmade everything yes. and dan curry came from the old school so when i saw that opening shot i looked at it and i thought god dan and those guys that team often it was dan's hand painted he was an artist mm -hmm. beautiful uh landscape artist and and mm -hmm. art in general mm -hmm. but he would hand paint elements that would go into i guess you could just call it a collage of elements where yeah. part of it was hand painted dan curry elements part mm -hmm. of it is some stock footage photos or even some moving elements a video of like an arctic ice area mm -hmm. and as i looked at that first shot i thought god there's so many elements in this one shot yeah that dan curry collaged and combined together to create this original environment it was just a really epic shot i loved it yeah and just to think how time intensive that was for him to just oh, sit yeah. there and paint each individual detail in some yeah. of these images that you see it's it's tremendous that yeah. the work that he put into it's very yeah. impressive very, very impressive. impressive when i was producing chuck 10 years later i was mm -hmm. uh, 2008 9 yeah. something like that that's right i brought dan curry over to yeah. do visual effects on chuck mm -hmm. and dan used a lot of the same techniques on our show so yeah you know on, on chuck we were able to create environments that dan hand painted the same way he did on voyager it was really amazing i love working with dan and uh, yeah awesome guy. yeah because you guys had a lot of exotic locations on chuck as a yep. you know as a super spy he was all over the world so all over the world something that dan had to help with there and we shot everything in burbank california so yeah if you're you know yeah. if we're out in the <laughs> deserts of the middle east dan curry created that environment right we're in moscow dan curry created we're in prague in a train station he would create that on chuck you did have an icy snowy episode as well i remember that you guys went somewhere. oh yeah we went yeah. that i directed that episode yep. we were up in yep. the swiss 
Alps. And there, was, right. there was a whole sequence of a fight on a gondola. Yes. Ro- Rob Riggle, the comedian. Yeah. Was on that episode. That's right. And, That's right. And Chuck had to, you know, hang outside of the gondola yeah. in this fight. And yeah. that was all done on stage with right. Dan Curry creating the environment. A very creative guy. He did it on Voyager. He, mm-hmm. He's done it in so many places. Yeah. Oh, wow. and, and so we actually, you know, we were on stage 16 for the, for that frozen barren landscape. And yeah. I'll tell you that point where Chicote slips a little bit and he kind of came. I thought, yeah. wow, that was that was actually him slipping. And then he oh, kind of yeah. caught it himself. Looked- and it looked very real as if yeah. he did slip on the ice. Um, but just that when the camera pulls back and now you see what they're fussing over, it's the hull of Voyager buried under the, the ice. ice. Oh, yeah. just an amazing shot. An amazing. Very cool. Shot. I know. I wrote, whoa. Yeah. I just wrote. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa moment. Now, at this point, I didn't even know who was in those suits because there was no talking. It was just yeah. one one line. And I was we're like, here. we're here. That's it. it. We're mm-hmm. here. And I thought, oh, that sounds like Robert Beltran. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, I, yeah. I, at this point, I didn't know. I yeah, you didn't remember. Know. That's right. Um, so they beam inside the ship. Yeah. The Voyager that's under the ice. And mm-hmm. we realize it's Harry and Chakotay. Yeah. I think uh, Harry says, not exactly the way I remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of the first <laughs> lines in there. Yes. Uh, it's frozen. There's snow inside. Power is down. Yeah. We see shots of the frozen bridge. We see sh- shots of the frozen Jeffrey's tube. Yeah. Uh, I think with Harry crawling through there. And uh, it's just, yeah, it's amazing the work that the scenic departments did to bring snow and ice and really... Mm. Uh, do a lot of scenic work to our standing sets, which is a big deal yeah. to do that because we got to restore it, you know, for the next mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a scheduling deal too. Like when they, they have to do that much work on these sets, they have to go, all right, let's start with a bridge. We'll destroy the bridge, ice up the bridge because then while we're shooting some other scenes, we can fix it, restore it. So we can shoot the scenes where the bridge looks normal. Right. So, you know, you got to have to schedule all that stuff yeah. in a very specific way. And sometimes the crews are working overnight, you know, when we're not yeah. there, the midnight shift comes in and they're doing all that scenic work. So that's ready for us to uh, whatever version we're, we're going to shoot in the next day. Yeah, so that, that was a lot of work. I just I noticed that right out of the gate. Tons of work. And also, you know, the times that we've had the bridge in a distressed mode in the past, you have parts of it that are kind of messed up, but not the entire bridge. Like every bit of that bridge had to be sprayed down with that fake, you know, to make it look like it was frozen, that frost on everything. And not only on everything, on every person, every person got, including yourself. Including me. Well, speaking of that, so Chakotay is walking around the bridge looking and I see him walk by Tom Paris, dead on the floor, frozen. And I didn't remember this before, but as soon as I saw that, I was like, Oh my God. I remember getting the, the, you know, the dead frozen makeup on and then getting down in that position and they were sprinkling snow on top of you on top of me. And I remember at one point, like I, I, it got in my mouth and I was like swallowing it. And I was like, I couldn't get the, you know, whatever it was. It was like, I think it was potato flakes. Like, (laughs) is that what it was? Yeah, I think it was because it would sort of mush up like like mashed potatoes, you know, okay. like freeze dried potatoes that. Yeah, that's, so that's what, what they, it was. I think that's what they put around the face so that if it got in your mouth, which I remember it did. All those potato flakes got in my mouth and I was so like, you, great. 
kind of had dried out mashed potato for lunch is what yeah, you had a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Wow. I mean, just the music they had in the background there. It's just so haunting to see frozen Janeway, frozen Paris. And then, you know, Harry's climbing through the Jeffrey's tube, seeing dead bodies there. It's just, it's, it's very, um, uh, it, it, it I feel like that. Yeah. And I feel like there was more on this bridge scene. When I looked at that, mm-hmm. when he walked by and I remembered being on the ground and that, I feel like there was more of a scene that got cut out. I don't know why. Well, I feel like there was something that happened on the bridge that got cut out. That's all I, I can't remember what it was. And that is entirely possible. A lot of times we did shoot extra stuff that never made it into the episode. So you, yeah. you may very well be right about that. Yeah. So when Chicote finds Popsicle 7, um, he has her beamed out. And uh, basically we do see Harry go into the sick bay area and mm-hmm. he brings the doctor online and harry is now you do get a glimpse of this is not the harry that we know he's very yeah. no nonsense he's almost brusque to the point of you know very curt with his answers and oh yeah yeah and the doctor's like ensign and harry's like i go by harry now i mean just i'm not even ensign and so he's really just mm-hmm. there to get something done and that's it he doesn't care about anything else he's one-minded for sure Harry says near the end of that scene, we're changing history. Yes. Yes. Which I was like, whoa, whoa what's right, this? Let's see what's <laughs> happening. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I did notice like all the purple lighting. I thought Marvin yeah. Rush did a great job of creating a lighting environment, like mm-hmm. in the, in all of those sets and particularly mm-hmm. sick bay that was just kind of purpley in a way that it felt icy. Yes. Like even, you know, you can see it behind felt cold. You. It felt yeah. cold. Yeah. Like that ice. I, I'm looking at the colors of your background right now. Yes. 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 And there's kind of like a bluish purple icy mm-hmm. feel to those col- those icy colors. That's right. And, and Marvin put that all throughout the ship. I thought it looked great. Yes. It's really definitely. good. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we go to a slow motion flashback. So we yes. realize we're going back in time. And there's this slow motion flashback of some kind of party in engineering, yeah, right? Streamers, yeah. and you see Roxanne or Bellana yeah. walking with a bottle of champagne mm-hmm. through the crowd, and they're all cheering in slow yeah. motion. And then she smashes the champagne bottle on the warp core railing. Yeah. And then we go into regular time out of slow motion. Speeds it up. Yep. To Janeway's speech, right? She makes this speech on the christening of the quantum slipstream drive. I do like that Torres used a two-handed grip, you know, when she smashed that thing, she was into it. And we also learn, Robbie, that we are now four years, two months, and 11 days into our time in the Delta Quadrant. So this is uh, yep. one of the times that that we know the time. And it, that doesn't happen that often. No, we know doesn't. exactly how much time we spent in the Delta Quadrant. Again, a lot of times they didn't want to date any episode because Correct. they wanted people to be able to watch them out of sequence. That's right. That's if, right. If it was in reruns, they didn't want people to go, oh, I missed something. They just wanted mm-hmm. it to be any order you wanted to watch it. It, yep. should, it should be satisfying. But this is one where it did matter how yes. long we've been gone. For sure. And uh, how much time we had left to get back. The slipstream drive would get us there. Yes. Like, Just like that, like lickety, like that. lickety split, we'd be yep. home, right? Yep. But I do love, I love LeVar's staging of this scene. He could have kept Janeway on the same level as Torres, but no, he put her up in the second level. So we mm-hmm. actually look up to Janeway as she's making the speech. And so I just love just everything about this scene. I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was super cool. Neelix Agreed. with his Talaxian fur fly. 
as a sign of good fortune. Yes, to give Balana the Talaxian fur fly. And I, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, has he been carrying this on our ship for four and a half years? Yeah. This is disgusting. Yeah. It's like the size of a squirrel or a cat. Yeah, it's a, it's a fly. It's a fly. And it's, and it's, and it's good, good luck. He says he, he hung it in his engine room for six years. Right. Yeah, so, this thing hanging. Is but it, clearly, he's kept it in his quarters somewhere where we've never seen it. Dried? What did he do? Did he <laughs> taxidermy this he, thing? He taxidermied it. He stuffed oh. it. He did everything. That, but oh. still, it's really gross, though. It's, but it's a cool. It, it is a cool prop. We only see it in the scene. Yeah, that's it. And it looks very insect-like, but yeah. with fur or something. It kind of looks like a huge bumblebee or a wasp yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I was thinking that probably the props department had to coordinate with makeup in some way for some yeah. of those elements, because that's mm -hmm. a specialized kind of prop that we would build. Yeah. yeah, our props department and makeup department obviously are awesome. So yeah. uh, I love Tuvok's line. He says, Mr. Neelix, you are an unending source of astonishment <laughs> when he sees the Talaxian fur fly. Yeah. Just his dry reading of that was great. I yeah, and all throughout, there's some amazing bits of humor throughout this very serious episode. And that's one of them with, with Tuvok mm -hmm. uh, commenting on Neelix. I love that. And another one comes up right after this. Doc approaches Seven. Yeah. And she says, my ocular implants can aren't working. And he's like, I need to get you to sickbay. And he scans her and realizes her blood alcohol level is very high he's drunk and he's he's like well obviously the board can't hold their liquor <laughs> yeah and and they're kind of walking he's escorting her out right. to kind of sober her up and she's patting him on the back going we are as one yeah we are, we as, are as one, one. <laughs> very funny more comedy yes yes that could be Which a t-shirt that was rare for seven, seven to have Definitely. that kind of humor that was probably one of the earliest you know attempts at humor for that character and then they yeah. started doing more of it as we went along oh yeah and really i think jerry ryan as an actress was probably pretty excited to be able to let Play drunk. Yeah, yeah just to, for, for once for once yeah. to not be the seven that we all know you know yeah. and now she's like hey we are as one and for her she must have had a blast because it's, yeah. it's something different than she's what we're used to seeing from her Agreed. um but that was a cool shot because as they walk past harry makes a comment well you know check out our board drone you know or check out our, mm -hmm. our our seven she's completely drunk yada yada and that's when we find that paris is busy at a at a console he's tapping some yep. buttons and uh yep. he has I discovered you know, it's so funny. It's just, Tom yeah, Paris who's doing the science right now. Okay. I, I just want to say, I, yeah, I know. If everybody you, you, had listened to me. <laughs> I just want to say, I was going to say, Tom uh, Paris. Tom Paris is rarely the voice of scientific reason, but you yep. are the voice of reason in this episode. You said it. You're like, look, I found a 0.42 phase variance. And yeah. even Harry's like, 0.42, that's nothing. And you're like, no, 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 no. This is something. This is serious. Really serious. This is bad. No, we should not, not do good. this. And even Harry's like, listen, buddy, it's probably a sensor glitch. Let's just go to the holodeck and yeah. run some simulations. Simple yeah. as that. It's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. You should have listened to me. That's no, we should have. But I just think and it's funny of all the people at the party the only person who's not partying is Paris. And, I know. and, and Paris this would is be because he's a changed man. He's <laughs> beginning. He is changing. 
and he, you know he's I changing he's yeah. but you know i would expect paris would be leading the conga line you know he'd be like come on back to delta quadrant i mean alpha quadrant let's go now i mean you would expect yeah. that that would be what would be happening but no, no that's not it we go to the holodeck we're doing the simulation just harry and paris which is funny because when I first saw it, I was like, that's the, the bridge looks so weird with just two people. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody else around. Yeah. It feels like we would have created a holodeck with a full complement of a bridge crew instead of just you and me hanging out on this holodeck bridge. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we try this uh, slipstream thing, the simulation. Yeah. Clearly it's, it's you know. No, the, no bueno. No bueno. And then mm-hmm. Tom says, we've done 23 simulations and had 23 <laughs> catastrophes. Please listen to me. Right. This is not going to work. Clearly. It's not going to work. We should not do this. Cut to engineering. Mm -hmm. And we're giving the bad news. And the kind of the group is there. Everybody's there. Tuvok and Bolana, Captain. And the group is kind of agreeing. And then I will take responsibility. Foolish Tom says, (laughs) but Harry had an idea. Why didn't I just stick to let's not do this? Yeah. Because I literally go, well, Harry's got an idea. And then I, I like prompt you. I go, yeah. come on, go, come on, come on, do it, Harry, do it. So, all and right, I, ta- I take responsibility. Yeah, well, that's just you being a good friend, and I think that you saw some, you know, value to my theory or some merit to my theory that yes, it could work. So let's just throw it out there. And but yeah, you did say no in the beginning, and then you kind of gave in a little bit and said, "Oh, try your theory out," and it convinces Janeway. Because Janeway is desperate to get her crew home. Mm-hmm. So she's going to take the risk. And she's like, okay, I'll think I about also, it. I also wonder in this scene, because everybody's basically saying, yeah, let's not do this. Like, right. we could have ended the conversation there. But Tom goes, well, Harry's got an idea. So I wonder if Harry would have pitched this idea if Tom hadn't said, hey, come on, Harry. You know what I mean? Like, maybe. Maybe he wouldn't have. He, is that what you're might, saying? Yeah, I'm saying like, in a way, was he going to offer the idea if Tom hadn't said, come on, tell him? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I think he was working his, he was working up the courage to be able to say yeah. what his theory was. And Tom kind of knew that, all right, this this may take all afternoon. Mm-hmm. So let me just prompt him and get him going, which is what you did. You were the spark yeah. plug. And Janeway's like, that sounds like a good plan. And yeah. the plan is just explain the plan about the slipstream. Yes, yes. Plan for the slipstream is that we'll send a shuttle mm-hmm. out in front of Voyager. Correct. So that when Voyager goes into slipstream, the shuttle will sort of ride the wave up front mm-hmm. and send back the variances, the phase uh, corrections, the, the, the keep, phase yeah. corrections to keep Voyager in a safe slipstream Correct. so that it doesn't have these problems. But so it doesn't fall so, out of it. Yeah. So the shuttle is going to be Harry and Chakotay. Ultimately, they're going to ride in the shuttle, send back the corrections, and then we'll all be good. That's the plan. Right. And it, in theory, should work. Yes. In theory. In theory. And we don't know about Chakotay until later, until the next scene. Yeah, we don't know about that. Oh, by the way, let me just go back to that scene in engineering. I was so nervous that day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I haven't had, up until that point, I, I hadn't really had any scenes where I'm, I'm, you know, 
kind of the leader of the group. Yeah, I'm the leader of the group. I'm really impassioned about this idea. And I've got to convince everybody that this is a valid idea. And I just remember going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because I made a note. I wasn't mm-hmm. even going to bring it. I, I make yeah. a lot of notes. Sometimes I skip you, them. Sometimes, sometimes I, you don't, yeah. So this one I made, I said, group scenes are really funny. Harry's in the center for this one, but it's mm-hmm. always funny being part of the group when it's not your story. Right. There's a different role that we play when we're yeah. in these you know, briefing room scenes or whatever, mm-hmm. when you're the leader with the idea and when you're just sort of part of the the ensemble. Right. And usually you and I are part of the ensemble. Ensemble, usually, yeah. We're usually not the, we're right. yeah, we're in the briefing room and we're tossing in a couple lines here or there, mm-hmm. but we're mm-hmm. not leading the group. And I did note that. I, I thought, wow, you're in the center for this one. Like you had to carry this scene. Yeah. I always like being part of the group because right. I'm usually goofing off or doing yeah, something. Exactly. You don't have as much responsibility. <laughs> I'm trying to make Beltran laugh <laughs> off in the corner or something. That's not what, just Beltran. Yeah. You try to make all of us laugh. All of, yeah, Let's face exactly. it. It wasn't just Beltran. But exactly. I do like that final gesture at the very end of that scene in engineering. I point at you and I go, yes, you know, I do this. Oh, thing. yeah. And it was kind of like I at least my choice as an actor was my backstory behind that was we had debated this back and forth, back and mm-hmm. forth. And then I, I said, well, here's my theory. What if we do this? And you still had reservations about mm-hmm. my theory. And then, and you were saying to me, you know what? I don't think Janeway's going to go for this. Captain's not going to go for this. And I said, yeah, but what if we join it this way? We would. And so when the captain's like, give me my, you know, put the flight plan on my desk by, you know, this yeah. time, whatever. That's when I thought, Oh, we, got it we did it and so i added that little point at you and the gesture at you yeah sort of you know playing off a backstory that we didn't we didn't even see yet so yeah it was a nice intercut there too because you you kind of did that we did this celebration and i think i think i sort of had a big smile smile, like good good for you little buddy yes 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 yeah it was good Mm -hmm. all right let's jump to janeway's quarters quarters. about this one yeah well, since I am a JC shipper, and we all we all know that. And by the way, earlier when Janeway says in the engineering when they're celebrating the christening of the of the warp drive, and Janeway says to Chakotay, "Well, you got any plans?" He said, "No, nothing special, just a date with a replicator." And she's like, "Cancel that date or something." Right, right. I was like, "Whoa, what Janeway. is this?" Yeah. And here we are. Uh, in her walks quarters. in and it's a romantic dinner. There's very romantic there's handles, and <laughs> the finest crystal. Yeah. The beautiful. They're celebrating their last night in the Delta Quadrant, mm-hmm. and she says to him, "I've decided. I've decided to go to yeah. do Harry's plan." Right. And Chakotay is kind of skeptical. She yeah. goes, "You know, what do you think? How do you feel about that?" And yeah. He goes, "Well, it's very risky, and I'm I'm just skeptical. He he he's not sure." Right. And she says. I know it's a risk, but I'm willing to take it. Are you mm-hmm. with me? Mm-hmm. And he says, always. Always. Oh, my JC Shipper heart <laughs> just went, oh, always with her, of course. <laughs> and, uh-huh. And then Braga and Minoski add in the humor because she goes, Jamie says, um, speaking of risks, are you ready to try some home cooking? And that's when Chicote says, I'll alert sick bay, which is very funny. It was a little very, there's a little comedy there. I mean, I did write down dad joke because there's a a couple of dad jokes in there. I feel like that's. Because you need those, you know, to balance out the the craziness and the the seriousness. By the way. Yeah. By the way, she says, are you ready to try some home cooking? He says, I'll alert sick bay. Yeah. And then she laughs and puts her hand, cups her hand on his 
on his. Oh, I didn't notice that. I was writing yeah. notes. She touches oh, his hand. She, she's like, I, oh no, <laughs> reaches she, in and caresses she him. She caresses I was like, Jamie does not do intimate hand cupping no, on every character. No. This is only I mean, with Chakotay that she does. Okay, this. and you know what? Picard never intimately. You know, handcuffed no. Frake's face. You no. know what I'm saying? That never happened. So very few first officers get their face caressed by their captain, I unless there's something going on. There, okay. yeah. I mean, come and on, people. This is the math adds up. It's the romantic <laughs> dinner. It's the handcuffing. It's all the stuff. I, I do want to make one note about the food that she prepared. She said, "I have a special dish that my grandmother used to make back mm -hmm. on Earth." And she said vegetable biryani, which is an East Indian dish, which I was oh. so happy to hear because yeah. they selected, you know, Braga and Minoski as the writers made, his, made a decision. They said, you know what, let's pick a dish that is not your standard. Because she should have said my grandma's pot roast, you know, something that yeah. was very American, Caucasian, you know, sort yeah. of, uh, you know, no. uh, dish. But no, they went with an East Indian dish, which shows that at least by the 24th century that, you know, all these cultures have kind of combined into one cohesive unit in a way mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. people are really used to having East Indian food because they like it, you know, not, yeah. not because it's an exotic and that's a family tradition. Range. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a family tradition now. Yep. So, so I love that. I love Agreed. that. Agreed. Now we go on to the Delta Flyer shuttle. Yes. We meet Mullet Harry for the first we, time. <laughs> we see Mullet Harry. We see, but we see all, this is the first time everyone's stuff is off of their face. They're not in yeah. the parkas anymore, right? Yeah. And I want to tell you, we went through multiple tests on what the hair would look like 15 years in the future. So it's amazing one. that you landed I, on the mullet Harry no, wig. This is this that was the that was not even one of the options that just showed up on the day of filming. I'm like, what is this? This is not what we decided on. So one option they had, they put a wig on me. That was so, the hair was so long, it was down past my back. Okay. Wow. Like, yeah. And I thought, oh, this looks cool. And so they actually took a picture of me standing outside the makeup trailer and it was kind of windy. So I'm standing there and the hair is like blowing back like that. It just, it looks pretty wow. badass to be perfectly honest. So I said, I think this would be the best one to go with, you know, because Harry just, you know, he's quit Starfleet. He's had, he's let his hair grow out. He doesn't even care about, you know, his hair. And it's been years now. So it wouldn't mm -hmm. be this long. And then they showed me another option. Then all of a sudden, out of the blue, on the day that I'm working, they give me this wig that's basically a mullet. And I'm like, <laughs> you're going to give me, you're going to give me the mullet? They're like, well, this is what we decided was best. We didn't <laughs> want to go with, I go, when, when did I get the, chime in on this they were like well you know we talked to the producers they think this is the yeah, it worked it worked but it was definitely a moment but it did work it was it definitely yeah. told the story of like he's no longer a military you know he's not starfleet right kind of buttoned up it definitely told the story but it was it was a mullet still a mullet let's be honest we do realize they bring the doctor on the doctor's like what is going on they say we're 15 years in the future that's the first number we get here 15 years 15 years that they're in the takara sector which is just outside the alpha quadrant yeah and they tell the doctor that the rest of the crew is dead yeah. The Voyager crashed on an ice planet, killed everyone on board. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the gray hair. I made a note. I love the angry Harry. Harry's yeah. definitely angry and bitter. Different guy, clearly, because the mullet tells us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, because he's because he's just his personality is very different. Um, <laughs> For sure. And we also find out that Starfleet gave up on trying to find Voyager a long time ago. Yeah. And that yeah. Chakotay and Harry have 
not given up and they've continued to try to find it. And that's right. how they lo- located it on this ice planet. And the doctor's curious. He's like, you know, what are you going to do in terms of changing history? A message back in time. How is this possible? And we tell the doctor that the plan is to use Seven's interplexing beacon, one of her cranial mm-hmm. implants, to send a message back in time. And Chakotay is, um, you know, he gets all science and he starts to, he has some major techno babble in this scene. Oh, <laughs> I, I wrote this doctor, down. Yeah, I said Beltran had so much techno babble and he hated techno babble. So Chakotay asked the doctor to extract extract the interplexing beacon and figure out the translink frequency. And then this is the line that I remember when I read this line for Chakotay in the script, I thought, man, he's not going to, I don't know. He's going to hate it. He's not going to, he's going to hate this. We may not even be able to get this entire line on film. And it is, can you access Seven's chronometric node and pinpoint the exact moment her cybernetic implants disengage from her organic systems? I thought that one right there is going to kick him in the butt. He'll never make it. He's going to die. He'll be a casual. And it's funny because Beltran loves Shakespeare. He and loves he, it. He did Hamlet while we were, or, you know, he, yeah. he played Hamlet. He learned, yeah. you know, Shakespearean text. He can oh. learn, but yeah. Techno babble. Yeah. No, he told he always, me, I remember he sent me the invite. He says, I'm playing Hamlet at this local theater in Los Angeles. And I thought there's no way <laughs> he's not going <laughs> to, how is he going to get through all the Shakespeare? If he flips out on a few lines of techno babble, there's no way he's going to have to stop the production of Hamlet <laughs> and say, wait, wait, hold on. Cosmo line and ask Cosmo for a line. Because exactly. He's not going to remember it. But when I went to see him, he was perfect. He yep. had every line on point and he never, never, ever went up on a line. So I was yep. very impressed because he loves Shakespeare. He doesn't yeah. love techno babble. Uh, we learn in this, in the sequence that, uh, that they are fugitives. Yes. That they've been accused of high treason and, yeah. and they have violated a conspiracy to violate the temporal prime directive. Right. Because they so, stole, they stole, because again, the, the doctor says, how are you going to get this message to her in the past? And the Harry shows the doctor a little case that has a Borg temporal transmitter that mm-hmm. they stole from Starfleet, that Starfleet found in a cube, a Borg cube somewhere mm-hmm. at some point. So this mm-hmm. is the, this is the way that they're going to get this message through. But now they're criminals. They are criminals. And now we met, oh, we, we meet Tessa. Tessa comes in. She introduces herself to the doctor. He says, how'd you get involved with, yeah. uh, with uh, who does he say? Um, with this uh, Bonnie and Clyde or Bonnie something and Clyde. like that. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you get involved with Bonnie and Clyde? <laughs> and Harry turns around and says, they're having sex. Yeah, they're having, or just so blunt. Doesn't even so care. So blunt. <laughs> I loved it. It was it's great. It's good. It was really good. Tessa comes in not only to say hi, but also that a Federation vessel is on mm-hmm. an intercept course. So mm-hmm. that's the warning. We've got to work as fast as we can. We jump to the bridge. Before we and, jump to the bridge, I yes, want to say. Go. So we're on the Delta Flyer. Yes. It seems. We say that. Yeah. But I built the Delta Flyer. And I was like, where is this in the... What? <laughs> when did the Delta Flyer become a giant ship with like, <laughs> with like a, you know, a science lab and... And when, like, we, did we ever go back no, there? We didn't, but we. No. But when you, but when you built it, you did talk about how big it was, how much bigger it was in the build in the actual pre-building yeah. phase. You mentioned that we just never we've saw never it before. Seen, we didn't no. know. No, we had no idea that there were racquetball courts as well on that exactly. on that shuttle. I mean, we had exactly. no clue. There's a lap pool. There's a lap downstairs. pool. Yep. There's a dog park as well. All kinds I mean, it's of amazing. things on this little shuttle. <laughs> this I had no idea. Shuttle. Yeah, it's very, yeah, very much like a TARDIS from Doctor Who. It's much bigger on the inside is what the yep. uh, bottom line is. Now, we actually jump back into the 15-year 
in the future time, mm-hmm. we're on the bridge, the frozen bridge, and Chakotay and Tessa are at Harry Station. Tessa has located the sensor logs, but the computer is denying her access. Chakotay then walks down to his old seat and says, well, at least I've got my command codes, and mm-hmm. he enters those. And he accesses an active file. He says, oh, there's an active file in here. We hear a little bit of a snippet of Janeway saying, but should our luck run out, I'd like to say for the record that the crew of Voyager acted with distinction and valor. Mm-hmm. And that's when Chakotay feels it. Like he's he's kind of overwhelmed by the moment. Yeah. Um, Tessa and, sees that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she sees it too. But instead of talking about Janeway, this is what twisted me a little bit. I thought he was going to say something about Kate, you know, about Janeway, his relationship with Janeway. But then he's like, you know, at the end, he's like, well, you know, I can't believe it's, we've been working all this time to this moment. And now we're here. And the only thing I can think about is losing you. And I'm like, why are you saying that? You should say something about positive about Janeway a little bit, but you know, it is what it is. That's his current relationship. But all the JC shippers were probably going, no, that is not the right one for you. They were pretty unhappy about that. Well, she says to him, your heart has always been here on Voyager. She does, which then the JC shippers go, yay, Tessa knows she's not the right person for you. (laughs) And another joke, uh, Tessa says, I don't suppose we have time for a tour. Chakotay answers, afraid not. Besides, I left my quarters a mess, which is like "Ah, another dad joke. Dad jokes. There's a lot of dad jokes in this. Uh, We go to the shuttle and we see Harry leaving a message. We hear the end of a message. For a friend. For a friend. We don't know what it is. Doc Mm -hmm. gets his attention. And he basically tells the doctor, about how guilty he feels about all this. Yes. And I made a note. It's like almost like a Han Solo, like bitter, jaded, like he's just a totally different character. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I thought really it was is. really, really cool. Yeah. The um, homecoming. Cause he's describing the homecoming. The doctor yeah. asks Harry about the homecoming. He talks about the parade and everything and this and that mm-hmm. and the guilt. Tr- and then the decision by Starfleet to call off the search was mm-hmm. devastating to Harry. And Harry went to all the admirals and begged them and begged them. And they all said, nope, we're not going to let, you know, we're not going to continue this search. And that's when Harry quit Starfleet. And mm-hmm. uh, we have a computer announcement that the vessel was approaching. And this is when uh, Harry is is now in the Delta Flyer cockpit with the doctor. Now I realize where we are. Now I was like starting to get away. <laughs> oh, okay. We really are on the Delta Flyer. Like now I see the helm I see things that I remember. Yes, yes. uh, I'm starting to understand. And anyway, the doctor realizes he's on board with criminals and basically ends this scene with, all right, I'm with you. Let's tempt fate. Now, if you notice, there's an ongoing theme of me slapping the doctor really hard. Okay, so I I just, (laughs) I'm hitting him on the arm. I don't think that was in the script. I think that was probably my choice as an actor because I felt the 15 year bitter, uh, jaded Harry would be a little bit more, like I said, not only is he brusque when he's talking, he's also in his physicality. Physically a little. little Yes, he's a little harsher. Rougher, exactly. So that was another choice I had made um, in this episode. That's like me and you when I used to hit you on the chest or the arm and then you'd be like, how? Yes, in in fact- I took that cue from you. I thought, you know what? Robbie kind of hits me, you know, off camera like that. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to bang. I'm going to rough up the doctor the way Robbie, you know, affectionately roughs me up in between scenes. Exactly. I I took that cue from you. Yeah. All right. So we are now. um, Oh, now we have an intercut. Yeah. It's it's jumping back back and forth. Back to the past between the bridge and the Delta Flyer cockpit. 
uh, mm-hmm. with Chakotay and, and Harry in there. And now you hear Janeway's full message that Chakotay was listening to in the Frozen Bridge. And you, yep. hear, uh, you hear what that is all about when she's talking to the crew, that log entry. And now Chakotay goes through this pre-flight checklist, which mm-hmm. at the end, he says, lunch. And I, I say salami shield. sandwiches. Yeah. Chakotay goes, shields. And you go, online. Yeah. <laughs> Plasma. Stable. Stable. Lunch. Lunch. Salami, salami sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah. I was like, I wrote it down. Dad joke. Dad joke. Uh, yeah. And also in this scene, I made it a point to make sure that um, uh, my voice quality was still the optimistic Harry Kim that we're, and devoid of guilt Harry that we know of. And, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. also with 15 year in the future, bitter Harry, I also changed my voice quality a little bit to be a gruffer, a little bit more raspy, just to have that mm-hmm. difference between the two. Um, we jump to the Delta Flyer cockpit in the yes, 15 years of the flyer. future. Yes, back to the flyer. Jacote and Tessa are now um, chatting with each other and trying to figure out how they can buy more time for Harry and the doctor. And that's when they decide to talk to whoever's chasing them. And now mm-hmm. we see it's Captain LaForge of the Starship Challenger. He has yes. his own galaxy class starship. Oh, I'm so proud of you, LaForge. So proud of LaForge. Oh my goodness, yes. And and yeah. also cool, he doesn't have the, vi- the banana clip visor anymore. I did notice LaVar blinking a lot with the contacts. Yeah, that the contacts probably got him good. And I'm yeah. sure he was just like, yeah. oh, I can't. These yeah. contacts are bugging me. <laughs> Please end the scene so I can <laughs> take them out. <laughs> It also reminded me when I saw a LeVar there doing the thing, mm. it reminded me of when you're directing and acting in the same episode, because I did that yes. a, a number of times. You, yes, you have. I always remembered, I loved when I was directing and acting because I felt mm. so much more engaged in the story and the script. And I just felt more relaxed. Yeah, I felt more confident with what this scene was about. Hmm. sometimes as a as an actor you get the script kind of late you don't study it quite as deeply right in terms of the whole story and kind of where you fit in and right so i was just i was watching those scenes with him thinking wow i i wonder if he had the same experience when he was directing and acting in the show that he yeah. felt you know more connected or something he seemed like he did he seemed yeah. very i i definitely think like you said you probably felt more invested you know, because mm-hmm. you are, that is your episode that you know backwards and forwards, you know everything mm-hmm. about it, what camera angles are going to be used. So it's definitely probably helpful. Yeah. But, you know, the only thing, and I've talked about this with you before, I mean, you, you still have to have someone watch what you're doing though, mm-hmm. right? So did you ask, who did you, did you say Marvin, check, make sure that I'm, you know. I would usually talk to Marvin or yeah. I'd, I'd ask the other actors in the scene if I was doing a scene oh. with, with the doctor or something. Yeah. Keep an know? eye on me and see if there's yeah, anything. Yeah, like how did that scene feel? How did that close right. up feel? Do you right. feel like we were, you know, in the zone? Yeah. Marvin would be another one I would lean on yeah. for that kind of feedback. And um, okay. One time when I was directing, I think this, I can't remember which time it was early on. It wasn't the first episode, but maybe the second one I directed mm-hmm. that I actually hired uh, a directing slash acting teacher, a friend of mine who, mm-hmm. who taught acting and directing classes. And I said, Hey, can I pay you to come down when I'm on some of the days when I'm acting and directing and watch me? And I just told everybody, Oh, he's a friend of mine coming down to hang out <laughs> Because I didn't want, you know, and then I go over to his name's Mark and I go over to him and I'd be like, hey, you know, I was, 
how was that? I was, so I wanted to get some real feedback. So, but I didn't want people to know, like I had a coach <laughs> like, on set or whatever. So. And you're like, Mark, and by the way, you are my cousin from North Carolina. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know cousin. why I should have just said, I've got, this a, is my, know, I, yeah, this is my acting coach. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't I think anybody would have thought. Nobody would have cared. No one would have cared, Robbie, but I know that your feeling is like, eh, maybe I shouldn't say this. So yeah. the other thing I want to bring up is, so we're intercutting with them on the talking to LaForge on the on the helm at the helm of Delta Fire. Back mm-hmm. to Harry and the doctor working on this board technology. Yeah. The doctor has this part <laughs> of her body. It's like the metal skull. It's Borg metal with an eye socket. And and I just thought hey, it's not just an eye socket. The eyeball is there. The, the, the eyeball's the, there. Yeah, the fake and I eyeball. thought, wait a minute, we just skipped over the scene where the doctor cuts seven open <laughs> and dissects her. Like we just skipped that we horrific skip that. scene. And we, I guess her body's in the refrigerator over there with her part of her head cut off. I was just like, that is, do we have to do that? Like, and by the way, movie. that eyeball that we see is the same eyeball that was fashioned and crafted by the doctor. Because when we took when we yeah. took her her little ocular Borg eyepiece off that was yeah. covering her that one eye, you know, that was what had to be created to make her look yep. human. Otherwise, she'd have a socket, and that's it. Oh, I so. totally get it. I get, <laughs> but I was just like, wait, we skipped over the whole part of cutting her apart. But the minute you saw him holding that, you thought about that. That's scene. all I could think of. Is he had to <laughs> dissect her. Isn't he traumatized? Like he likes seven. He, he does. He, to, oh, yeah. no. Anyway, very true. Um, now we we jump back to uh, fifteen years in the past. It's mm-hmm. now back and forth between the bridge and the Delta Flyer cockpit, and I love that Lavar decided to put some sweat on me so he's spraying oh, that yeah. little spray yeah to make it look like harry's harry's like you know he's he's definitely feeling the pressure um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh and even what makes it even worse is that we lose communications right so now he can't even say anything because you mm-hmm. can't i can't hear voyager voyager can't hear me nope. so harry's really freaking out so now back on the bridge i think tom says there's an overload of the quantum matrix we can't even shut down the slipstream drive and that's the big uh-oh moment right there. Like, mm-hmm. we, there's there's going to be problems. There's going to be trouble. We now jump to the, I think it's the interior of the Delta Flyer shuttle, the back cargo bay area, the science mm-hmm. station. And yeah, Terry the, play, and the, the part that I don't remember ever going to, that part. Yeah, yes. yeah that one. Yeah. And it's Harry and the Doctor. And Harry is so excited that he's finally going to get a chance to transmit these phase corrections mm-hmm. to Seven. And he does. He transmits them to her. And, and we see Seven sort of, telling the captain, I, I, I'm receiving a message in my cranial uh, implant. And uh, Janeway's like, does Harry know how to access them? And she says, no. And then Janeway quickly dismisses that and accepts it as fact. She's like, he must've found a way like that. Yep. So input those correction, those phase corrections. She does. Mm-hmm. And it, it helps momentarily it works but, for a minute, but then boom, they're right out of it again. And that's when they fall out and they stop working. Yes. It overloads. They crash. They crash. Amazing amazing uh they can't shut down the slipstream by the way you know no. Paris says i can't do it i've lost helm control yeah yeah they fall out of slipstream you and... find the l you're the one that finds the l-class planet by the way right you're uh-huh. the one that, hey we find it here's mm-hmm. a planet and jamie says go for it let's try that one so yeah it's a great the... crash sequence that the ship crash landing on the planet is one of the best vis effects sequences in our for the show seven years. for the entire yeah. show by absolutely. far absolutely absolutely very 
cinematic in its yeah. scope and big, you know. Really, was, really well done. Yeah, very well done. After the crash, we go back to the Delta Flyer in the future. Um, and we yeah. see that Harry's struggling because the phase corrections didn't work. And now there's a tractor beam coming from LaForge's ship. Right. So we don't have much time. Harry's trying to figure out what he can tell them. And he has a panic attack, basically. He, yeah, he freaks out. Freaks well, because out. he has he had the core breach in less mm -hmm. than three minutes. And I think one of his lines is, it took me 10 years to, to figure out these calculations. How am I supposed to figure out, find the right number in three minutes in yeah. less than three minutes yeah. but the doctor is the one that kind of calms harry and he's like you know i'm gonna i'm gonna shake that you. was it was a really emotional scene by the way really like it really was the acting that you you had to do was you know I, very loaded and emotionally big do you remember doing that scene i i do remember that scene very vividly and that was not the best take Really? On a scale, you know, on a scale from one to 10, let's 10, 10 is in the zone. You knocked it out of the park. Okay. Mm -hmm. That to me was probably like a seven, maybe, because what happened was on the best take, some grip, somebody, somebody on crew mm -hmm. dropped a hammer or a wrench, like very loudly when clung, clung, clang, clung, like that. Mm -hmm. And it actually, I, I, I was okay with that. That didn't zonk me out, but, be, but because it was so jarring, it tripped me up on one of my, my next lines that I had, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, yeah. and I just remember I was so angry because I was so in the zone on that one, that it was so good. Um, but you didn't, I, but, you, but you lost the lines. No, and then... I lost the line is what I, re what I recall. Yeah. And it, it was, uh, but even after that take uh, that messed that botched up take, Bob Picardo walked over to me and he says, Garrett, you can act. I mean, I remember that. That was like the funniest thing I've ever heard him say. Because I like, you've been working with me for five years, and I, and now you, he goes, Karen, I don't ever see you in a, in any scenes where you're doing anything. I mean, this is really the first time I've seen you act, and you can you can act. You really can. And I was like, well, thanks, Bob. So it was a nice gesture on his part. But sure. like I said, that that one scene, the the when I nailed it, that got screwed up because of the drop um, was. Uh, and you know, as an actor, when you're in the zone, man, there's nothing like it. You sit there. Oh, and yeah. Wow. I yep. mean, it's just it's a life, not life changing, but it's definitely one of those moments where you go, oh, my God. And you feel so proud and just happy that you did nail that you nailed it. You know, it's yeah. just like this is the best. It's so it's so funny because, yeah, for for our listeners, like, yeah, you do a lot of takes of each of these scenes. Like when mm -hmm. when the show's cut together, there's only we have to pick the take and yeah. We pick the take that we pick for so many reasons. Sometimes it's continuity of where your body was or where right. your arms were, what way you were leaning. Yeah. So there's some physical continuity that sometimes we have to use certain mm -hmm. takes. You know, when you're editing, when they were editing your scene, mm -hmm. they may not have even, they may have just dismissed the take with the hammer yeah. thinking, oh, it's not a complete take. So never mind. We yeah. just won't even look at it. We won't they even never, look at it. Yeah. They didn't even look at it. They no. might've just gone to the full take. Yeah. And yeah. they could have maybe, if they had the time or looked a little harder, they could have used part of that take before you, you know, the hammer fell. Right. And then, and then, and then edit that in, right. At least have some of the perfect uh, but, take. Yeah. But often there's just, you know, the, the whole process, sometimes yeah. there's not enough time and people, mm -hmm. they just miss it. Nobody yeah. even sees it, which yeah. is a shame. Totally. I do really love how calm Chakotay is. 
He is so calm because Warp yeah. Corp, when you hear Warp Corp breach in 45 seconds, and then he goes, Harry, now would be a good time. I mean, he's so, yeah. so, so calm in the, in the face of imminent destruction, right? Everyone's going to die. Um, and then, you know, Harry realizing that uh, the power is failing is another hurdle that he has to overcome and mm-hmm. quick thinking on his feet. Hey, doctor's mobile emitter, another power source. And, and that, uh, that final yes moment was, was definitely a very climactic uh, scene, uh, a climactic moment of, of Harry figuring out oh, how, yeah. to, how great... to shut, yeah, send them the phase correction that'll shut it all down, which was the doctor's idea, by the way. You know, remember Harry was mm-hmm. so like, oh mm-hmm. my God, I can't do this. He says, just send them something that will stop everything, you know, that they won't go into uh, the slipstream at all. And so that was that, that yes, I got the calculation with, yeah. uh, was it like 1.02 seconds left before the uh, the breach? It was like uh, right yes, there, exactly. three, two, one, done. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very um, energetic. Very close, mm-hmm. very close. Um, yeah, he sends it with a big yes. We go to the bridge, new set of phase corrections. The quantum drive ends up going offline. The strip scene collapses. Mm-hmm. And I love the moment after this happens, the quiet moment where the shots were all pushing in on different characters going. That montage? Where did the that montage. message, yeah, where did it come from? Like, yeah. where did the message come from they can't figure it out we're 10 right. years but they did move 10 years closer 10 years closer yeah. yeah and yeah we've got this voiceover with janeway talking about you know how they are 10 years closer mm-hmm. and we cut to mess hall at this point yeah and harry's by himself he's still trying to figure out who sent the phase corrections. who sent the phase <laughs> corrections janeway comes in and janeway tells him yeah. that it came from the future and well, first she says a guardian angel, which is guardian like, angel, oh, yeah. yeah, I wish I could believe that. Believe it. His name is Harry Kim, Captain. Uh-huh. Seven found a Starfleet security code embedded in the transmission. Yours. So it's very emotional. Very emotional. <laughs> Great little spin at the end there. Mm. He's a hero. I like when she says, you know, about temporal paradoxes. Don't even try to figure them out. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> don't. don't even. What I, that's how what I think when I try to figure out temporal paradoxes, don't even try. And she does say all that matters is that somewhere, somehow, sometime, you came through for us, Harry. Yeah, yeah. And then she leaves him this message on a tricorder and he plays it back. Yeah. And we see that it's the message that we didn't see before. No, we caught the end clip of it. Of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just Which I, I love that tie in there. I really great writing. Cool. Really good writing, Agreed. I think. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. From Harry Kim to Harry Kim. And even now, I mean, I've seen this episode probably, I'm going to guess, 15, 20 times over the mm-hmm. years. And mm-hmm. it always still chokes me up at the end. You know, there's mm-hmm. always a moment or two in this episode where I'm, I'm getting a little teary-eyed. So, um, so what is your lesson for this entire episode? This is a very important lesson that I learned mm. from watching this episode. And the lesson I learned is always listen to Tom. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Because Tom <laughs> says, don't do it. Don't do this. Trust me. 23 <laughs> simulations, 23 catastrophes. Don't do it. That's my lesson. I don't, right. I don't, I don't my, have anything deeper. What's my, yours? My lesson is a little deeper than that. And okay. it, it is uh, in the line that Harry Kim has to the doctor. He says, this is no ordinary phone call, doc. We're talking to yesterday. Timing is everything. 
And that is my lesson is timing is everything. It is so true. And that that's in every part that's of a life. Good lesson. It yeah. really is. Whether it's, you know, your career, your investment in stocks or whatever it may <laughs> be, you know, or real estate at timing is everything. Or meeting the love of your life. Or... Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, timing is everything. I like that. Mm-hmm. So that's like going to that. be my overall lesson. I like that. I, yeah. I also like listen to Tom. Okay, you like always, t- li- always listen to Tom is also <laughs> that's a good one too. Yeah. What is your rating of this episode? Okay, this so program? for rating this episode, for everybody out there listening, we've uh, decided to <laughs> add a little something extra to our ratings. We have had our admirals and our captains uh, ch- all vote and chime in on ratings. So uh, we do not know the rating ahead of time. We give our rating, and then I'm going to let Garrett know what the uh, outcome of that poll was. Yeah. So my rating. I give this, I wrote it down as yes. I watched a nine out of 10. Nice. Very high for my, yes. my typical, uh, you know, I can be tough on episodes, you but this can. one I thought was really, really good. Great, great story. Great sci-fi premise. Great mm-hmm. acting all around. It flew by mm-hmm. the execution. I thought, uh, you know, from the technical crew, the, yeah. the set design and visual all effects. phases, all, all phases. phases in sync. And I know that you said earlier this was a hairy episode, and I, I don't disagree with that. But mm. what I did love about it is it had the whole crew involved. It did. Everybody. It did. Involved. And that's always right. a big part for me yes. of a successful episode. Yeah, that's put one of your criteria and your rating is always if everyone's involved, that's a thumbs up for you. If you mm-hmm. only have a couple people and everyone else is kind of forgotten, that's a thumbs down. So we know your rating criteria. I give it a nine yeah. out of 10. What about you? I'm going to give it a 9.2. So I'm going to add a little bit more on there. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm just going to do that. And, okay. and, and my 0.8 that I didn't give it a full 10 is due to a couple of things that uh, do overs that I'll talk about in the uh, bonus materials. So, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're a 9.2. I'm a 9.2. I have a solid nine. Yes. And drum roll for these. The ratings from the fans. Yes. For Timeless is yeah. a. Nine out of ten. Ah, nine, the same as yours. Okay, yeah. it was a nine yeah. out of ten, which is crazy. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like I'm I'm on the pulse of this thing. So. <laughs> yeah. Are so are you? Nine point two. We're we're, we're all we're very in the same. close. We're very Everybody's close. In this, and that's a high rating because a mm-hmm. lot of our episodes. I've seen other places like online where some episodes will get you know lower ratings, and the fans can be fans can be tough. Yes, and you know have high standards for the show. Yeah. So they can be tough, but I, nine out of 10 is great. I almost wish we started this fan interaction and asking them what their rating is earlier. Cause I really want to know how they rated the trilogy of terror. Those three episodes. <laughs> we, yeah. Maybe we should put out a poll and go back and do some bonus. Rise, Darkling like, and favorite son. What are your ratings? Just curious. I'd be curious. Yeah. I would be okay. curious. Okay. All right. So next week, let us chat and discuss infinite regress would you say regress or regress how do you pronounce it i would say regress regress infinite, infinite regress. regress okay infinite regress i don't know actually now i'm now i'm confused. now you're is it tomato infinite tomato regress. Okay. i think i would say regress now regress. That I, now that you kind yeah. of say it okay good that okay. will be our episode next week thank you everyone for joining us and in our review of our 100th episode of voyager timeless we'll see you next week see everybody then